Hi, this is Mike. This is Russ. And this is Matt, and you're listening to the Empty Spiral Podcast, the official podcast of the Lacuna Core community. How you doing, guys? Had a good week? Yeah, busy week, but spring is nearly here. It's warming up, and all is good. Excellent. How about you, Russ? Yeah, just to uh, continue with our regular theme on reporting on the weather, there was one day of sun on Saturday this week in England, which is the first time I think we've seen the sun. And lo and behold, everyone started having, you know, barbecues and was down a park and wearing shorts and a T-shirt. And it was still only about 10 degrees. So, you know, know, we make the most of our summer over here (laughs) in this country. Yeah, we do leap in, don't we? You know, um, sandals first, as it it were, to, to take advantage of that little bit of sunlight that we do get. Uh, I, I'm pretty convinced that we need to change ourselves to the Empty Spire Meteorological Society. Yeah, me, meteorological podcast, bringing you the weather um, from all over England on a weekly basis. Uh, but no, it was really sunny, sunny so that's, that's quite good. Um, I suppose we better talk about news this week. It's been quite a lot of it, in fact. Uh, starting off with the announcement that there is going to be a US headlining tour, which is after the Hottest Chicks in Rock Tour, which is coming to a close in the next couple of weeks. Lacuna Core in the headlining tour will be playing 16 dates pretty much across the US. Uh, quite an eclectic mix of dates. There's actually quite a lot of travelling involved there. Um, but I'm I'm sure it will be really cool for people. So if you uh, get a chance to go to any of those shows, do tell us how you get on. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, oh, yeah, after our discussion last week about the various formats of Broken Crown Halo, the official announcement came out. Well, it entered my inbox anyway, so I put it on the front of ES, which is the various formats of the album. Pretty much what we thought. So let me just bring them up and we'll go through them now. As previously discussed, we've got the limited deluxe art book, which is two CDs and a DVD. Uh, the first CD is the album itself, of course. The second CD is Lacuna Call Best of CD, which are selections a selection of songs selected by the band themselves, which is, again, quite an interesting mix, don't you think, guys? You've got Trip the Darkness, Kill the Light, End of Time, I Won't Tell You, Spellbound, Wide Awake, Our Truth, Closer, Swamped, Heaven's a Lie, To Live is to Hide, 119, yeah, you go 119, Half-Life, Sense of Fine, My Wings, Falling Again, No Need to Explain, and The Secret. So 18 songs on one CD, that's pretty cool. Although, Rush, you did note during the week... And the announcement came out that it's falling again, not falling. I know. Pretty contentious. Contentious one on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> not sure. Makes a good set list, though. If it, it was a set list. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's pretty much a bit of everything, isn't it, really? So yeah, yeah. It reminds me of the manifesto. Remember the manifesto CD that came out yeah, a yeah. few years ago? I'll have to check, check it against there. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. And, of course, the DVD is Endgame in the Shadow of the Crown which is, we still don't know what this is about, but it's nine chapters, all very much chess-related. We don't know what they're going to be, because there's been no announcement today. I'm guessing, and we've said this before, that it's probably going to be something like we saw on the Dark Passengers DVD. Which... I hope not. I'm only guessing here, but I was quite looking forward to, you know, brushing up on my chess skills, so I was hoping it was going to be a one, one-to-one tutorial as uh, introduced by Mouse. You never know. <laughs> you never know. It could work, I guess. There's Rook Cake. Does Rook take Knight or does Knight take Rook? Who knows? Oh, I don't know. He's got the Sicilian defence in there, though. So. <laughs> oh, this is all getting a bit cerebral for me. I'll stick with drafts. <laughs> and Burger King crowns. And Burger King Don't start, Mike. Come on. Although, if you say drafts, it is black and red. So, thematically, it is the colours of Lacuna Coil. Oh. 
That's tenuous. Let's say you, we, we've never learned before. That is pretty tenuous, right? <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> what else we got then? We got the limited CD and DVD digipack, which is essentially the same thing, but without the art book and without the um, selection of songs. We've got the LP and CD, which is what Russ is getting his dibs on, I'm guessing. It is, yeah, for um, sure. Yeah. And then finally, we've got the digital download, which will be available, I'm guessing, on iTunes and all your other favourite digital outlets. So, not a bad mix. I think I'll probably be getting one of everything. We did talk last week about the digital downloads. I'm still not convinced about that, but no, depends how how rich I'm feeling at the time, I guess. Also, this week, Christina appeared in the UK heavy metal magazine Metal Hammer. Uh, it was a four-page article in which she was essentially dressed up as Medusa with both photoshopped and live snakes. Some pretty good pictures there, I say. Um, Very different. I think if you didn't look hard, you might not even realise it was her on the first glance. Not a bad interview. Uh, Kind of what you'd expect, really, from uh, a magazine leading up to the release of a new album. But uh, definitely worth a read. Focused on the influence of Italian horror cinema, specifically. On, on the band so yeah worth worth a look at additionally terrorizer magazine also in the uk uh this is issue 246 actually has a large pullout poster of christina this month so if you want to uh have christina on your wall then terrorizer magazine is the place to go for that i actually haven't bought that one yet i do need to get around to uh, adding it to my collection so i'll hopefully do that this week that's it for news this week so what we do have on the podcast is the first of a three-part interview with Andrea. This is the interview that I've mentioned in the past. It was uh, performed in London, middle of last month. It was all about Broken Crown Halo, and we talk about a number of different aspects, specific songs, theme, art, and uh, and just to tease you, I've broken it into three parts, so you'll be hearing it over the next few weeks leading up to the release of the album. I'm pretty good. Excellent. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, guys. So, um, we're going to talk about Broken Crown Halo. Yeah. A uh, new album coming out very, very soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, firstly, where did the title come from? We found the title after we actually record the album. And we, were, we had some working titles before that were driving into the kingdom slash queen crown king kind of environment mm-hmm. but that was just not really uh, attached to the meaning in the beginning it was more to give marco some kind of inspiration we had some other working titles to to just to give him some ideas you know some directions and then once we f- we finished the album the title was still fitting but it wasn't very convincing the one we had because it was too similar to other titles or it wasn't exactly what we wanted to have. So we were kind of talking with Adam, our manager, and trying to find the right idea. 
and in the end he came up with these three words that were representing a good concept for the album that fits actually it was open enough to fit the, mm. the, the, mm. the overall concept I mean it's not a concept in the classic terms as usual it's not one story that develops through the album it's more about an overall feeling that all the lyrics are coming from this same sensation same uh, idea mm. Yeah, I was going to say, you, you've always said in the past that you don't do concept albums with like, progressive-type concept albums, mm-hmm. but there is a very strong theme that runs throughout the whole album. So what inspired that theme? What, what, how did you draw that together? Yeah, as usual, we've been mostly uh, basing... The, uh, all the ideas were coming from the real life, from our experiences in the past year, and a lot of them have been kind of sad and not sad but kind of face a clash to reality you know it, 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 we had to deal with situations that have been pretty bad in a negative way but also in a normal way because it's stuff that happens to everybody in life you know so we kind of put together the personal experiences as well as the overall uh, for, for example economical situation in Italy the crisis this has been eating very strong in Italy so the, a lot of people was killing himself for because they had no more job or the company failed, so they, they kind of ruined their lives. So we, we had this overall pressure from the outside situation of the country, as well as the inner problems, the health problems that you have in the family or relationship problems, and put them all together. We had the result of this kind of having the people living in their little kingdom Pretending that every, every, everything is fine, that they have the solution for everything, but in the end, this kingdom is kind of fake. You know, mm. it's kind of uh, not what it seems. You know, even the politician telling us that everything is going to be fine and they have the solution, but they don't. You know, mm. they, they they and and so we thought that was an appropriate title because it represents this kind of shiny things that is not as shiny as it seems but we kind of pretend it is you know it's also with the internet with the facebook for example all the people on facebook as pretend to be something they're not really you know mm-hmm. most of the people have nobody has a normal job on facebook mm-hmm. everybody's a photograph or artist or model or whatever and they're not you know mm-hmm. it's, it's, uh, it's what they want to be but they're not so that this aliases that people is creating has also contribute to this idea of this fake reality we're living in okay that's a really strong thing and it, it does come across very well um, as a whole it's a very heavy album did you feel it was a natural progression from Dark Adrenaline? In a way, yes, because also Dark Adrenaline features some heavy songs mm, and rhythms. Definitely. Even more on this one, maybe, I don't think it's heavier than Dark Adrenaline. It's in a different kind of heavy, probably, in mm. the sound and some of the vocals. and But it's, it's probably kind of the same heaviness. It's just more of a... It's aggressive. Angry album, yeah, aggressive, it's, it's aggressive, angry album, yeah. I think. And that's because we kind of really don't care this time around when we were songwriting when we were laying the vocals we were just going with the flow of the song you know if the song needed a growl vocals or a scream from me or from Christina it doesn't really matter we just put it because it was the thing that the songs demand without caring that much if it was still in the lacuna coil mood or if it's not radio friendly enough it's not we just go for it and say this song needs a heavy part. Just put it heavy, you know. No, don't really think about it too much. Mm. Just do what you like. 
yeah, it feels a very confident album as far as the lyrics are concerned. You really kind of you throw so much into it, and you, you do things with the lyrics that I, I've not heard you do before. Um, as you say, they're, they're angry and aggressive in places. Did you enjoy the the writing process for the songs? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think some of the anger is also coming from the music itself because Marco's been home for like a year and a half for his arms problem. Mm -hmm. So you kind of have this frustration of not being able to perform with his band and being with us. So you probably also collect a lot of anger and uh, the aggressive music comes from that probably also. And then we had all the personal stuff in the lyrics that makes it even heavier and we really wanted the album to be you know, it's something that all the bands say that the new album is heavier or is darker mm. but I think it's actually true with this one you know <laughs> this, you can't say that it's not true yeah, this is darker it definitely is darker they're, they're, yeah. this, this feels like a kind of a, a 21st century near future lacuna coil yeah this yeah. is what it is this is what it feels like to me uh, the way that the music constructed there's, there's traditional elements it goes back through all your albums, but there's something very... I don't want to say science fiction, that's not the right word, but it's futuristic, it's kind of, it's a dark future. It's, it's almost, as an album, it's almost like a warning. Yeah. That's what comes like comes across to me. I think it's exactly reflecting the, situ the social situation, you know, mm. political and social and environment, the environment we're living in. It's definitely a big influence in the sound, even if you don't strictly think about it when you write mm. or when you record but it, it is in you because it's what you're living what you're experiencing you don't have a, such a clean vision of the future you know because you don't know where we will be in five years you know no, it's, it, as it seems they're kind of taking away the future from the people right now yeah. it seems the future is in two years it's not yes. in 20 years you know you don't have a long-term working relationship as well as a long-term life relationship i have a lot of friends that are single for example a lot of beautiful girls or guys that have no problem in getting a girl but they're still single because they don't want to face a long-term relationship it seems people doesn't have that drive to to try and tolerate and, and learn to live a relationship you know mm. that it takes time you don't feel confident the first month you know you need time to understand if you really want to be with this person it seems people is not really thinking in long terms right now it's a moment where the future is really next year or yeah. in two years you know there seems to be and it goes back to your point you made earlier it's, it's all about instant gratification isn't it whether it's in your social life or your love life or any other aspect of your life it's like I need it now and I need it fast and I'm not necessarily prepared to work for it anymore yeah maybe also the internet has also helped a lot the, the, the fact that the social media has become so prominent in life and when you put a photo you get all the likes and then you have to put another one to get more likes so, so it's not even enjoying that moment you know you're trying to portray with a picture you put it's just okay here is another one here is another one here, and maybe that's also a kind of a speeding up life in, in a way you know and and maybe we kind of lose the focus of what is actually really to be enjoyed in life sometimes you know, with that Okay, well, I'm sure we're going to say it more than one occasion, but thank you, Andrea, for joining us on the podcast and for giving, giving me that interview. Uh, it was really, really good. It's quite noisy, the background. It's actually in the foyer of their hotel, 
So there was lots of people walking past and lots of waiters and trays of drinks, etc. So it, it, it sounds okay. Be nice if we could have been a bit in a bit of a quieter place, but you can't have everything, I guess. Still, I hope you enjoyed it. Okay, well, that brings us on to our review this week, which is You Create What I See. Uh, notice we're doing both songs together. Uh, and the songs themselves came off, of course, the Karma Code album. And we're also joined by Gillian. Hello, Gillian. How are you? Hello. I'm fine. Thank you. How are you? Very good. Thank you. Great. So, so what have you been up to? It's been a while since you've spoken. I've been now I'm in, in Italy. So I'm on an Erasmus. And I'm uh, a little bit busy with my with my internship and stuff, but I'm great. The sun is shining here, so I'm very happy. Yeah, we had a day of sun, but it's not quite the same as being in Italy, I suspect. So, <laughs> so you're with us today to help us review the song, review You Create What I See. Yes, uh, it's it's my favourite song, together with Without Fear. These two are my favourites. Uh, I really... Love it a lot. Excellent. Well, do you do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first with the review? Uh, for me, it's either you can what you like most. Okay, I tell you what, I'll go first, and then you can okay. go, and you can tell okay. me whether I'm wrong, which is probably going to be the case. <laughs> so. Okay. Okay, Great. so uh, me first, then you create what I see. Well, I suppose the first question we need to answer really is why not do you create but as far as i'm concerned it's one song divided into two so it'd be a bit like doing a review of sensafino from the half-life ep and reviewing trance awake as a separate song which of course we didn't do when we reviewed it then and i see no point in separating you create what i see now as for you create i really i think this is a really good opening uh christina's vocals i love the are, are great i should say the guitar melody i think is my favorite part and i really like the way that andrea kind of says the softly spoken almost a, a whisper um part it's just i just really like the way that kind of comes together of course when what i see kicks in we get that that bass that kind of chugging bass which i think is fair to say for anybody who remembers 2006 and karma code there was a bit of a rebellion uh, oh my god what's this american sound we're hearing uh, and it's that was, it was quite interesting to be part of at the time but it's it's this that kind of bass that we hear in this song which is i think indicative of karma code and i think the songs that we've heard sings you know all the way up to dark adrenaline i think we get that kind of bass but that's not a complaint because i think it really really works well and this, but this song really is where, in my mind, it's most evident. The the lyrics themselves, I really like the verses on this song. There's so many parts of it that I think really work, uh, including the initial uh, Everything Dies, Nothing to Worry About line from Andrea, which I think is great. And then later on, where we get... Um, 
the kind of the change of pitch from Christina in the second verse where she says, I'm ready to go serene to fine. And it's really strong. The chorus itself is is good, but I prefer the verses. I think the chorus is quite simple uh, in that respect. And I prefer the way that the, the lyrics work in the courses, in the, in the verses, I should say. In terms of what I prefer to change in the song... I would like there to I would I would have liked there to have been a third verse rather than a reprise and a reprise I can't even get my words out today rather than a reprise followed by a repetition of the the chorus I think that's really just because the the chorus is quite simple compared to the message that comes out of the verses themselves although I have to say I love the instrumental part with the vocals from from you create which is interesting because you know they separated the two songs, but you can clearly hear Christina's vocals coming in from Ukraine again. Overall, though, I think it's a really strong song. I really like it, and it's a great live song as well. So, Gillian, what do you think? I I totally agree with you. Actually, a lot a lot of the things that you say um, are the same how I think about it. Um, I you you said that you would see it as a as a complete song. And yeah, I, I agree. But I, I do like it, like they did with, um, I think we could call like Ion also an, an, an intro to title and then like translate an intro to Sense of Theme. And, and this is a little bit the same. And I, I really like it, how, how they do it. And also, um, they are divided into songs. So you have two different titles. But I, I, I think when you, Think about the, the small part of lyrics in you create, and then the whole lyrics line in what I see, and then you think about the two titles. I personally see it a little bit as a, as a sort of puzzle because um, the the lyrics that Andrea says in, in you create is it's my favorite line of that combo, and um, it's. It, it gives a sort of, of hope, I think. And uh, it's a message of hope. And then uh, the, the lyrics of what I see is more, I, I would personally see it as a sort of relationship um, related to love. And uh, one person feeling caged in, in, yeah, in that relationship. And then there is a contradiction with the intro song. And I think it's, it's something interesting to think about I, I don't know if you guys think the same about it maybe i'm the well, only one thing well no i hadn't <laughs> i hadn't thought about it but reflecting on what you said i think you're absolutely right i think that's uh part of the, the great great part of these two songs side by side As separately they can mean different things but you bring them together and that creates a third version of events or they contrast very well against each other so yeah, I, I I think you're right, and I think maybe the message bleeds from sorry the the message from the first song from you create bleeds into the second song to a certain extent, which I think is really good, especially with that as I said that bit at the end with Christina with her vocals from you create, it's almost like it's trying to break through the wall that the second song is and be heard, which I think is fascinating. Mike, what do you think of it? Um, I agree with both of you uh, so far with what um, you've mentioned, and I think what's interesting when I've got I've like typed out both uh, both lyrics here, and you create what I see. 
to me is like a message um like one obviously leads into the other and you create what i see could be the message of what is happening through the song uh, to me it's almost like s- something's died whether that be as we've warmed to other themes previously a relationship dying or an actual person dying or the nightmare that this has become a relationship wise and like one person is going um full throttle with the relationship and the other person kind of is pulling in the opposite direction and to me that that is what i see that this is about in some ways um the other interesting thing i think about you create to me it always with christina's vocals it's almost like um the opening of morning prayer or something from um like uh, the middle east or somewhere that's just something personal that i think that how her vocals are and i think it's a very interesting way that her voice is as we've mentioned previously in other podcasts is used as an instrument i think this is a, a great example of that and as as you've mentioned going through the song throughout is the bass i think this is the most prominent bass um throughout the whole album and i really like it a lot and all in all, I think combined with the you create bit at the start, it works really well together, and it's it's um, really good. Cool. How about you, Russ? Yeah, I think you've all sort of summed it up well. To be honest with you, um, this is an absolute banger of a live track, um, and I still remember it to this day when it sort of opened the Karma Code tour in '06. And it's still my favourite opening, everything about it, the atmospherics of, of you create and then bouncing into that bass and distort guitar of of what I see. And it's like a lot of people sort of make that comment that you mentioned, Matt, obviously about the, the transition of sound to this quote-unquote American sound. It's not. It's like anything, you know, bands grow, they evolve, and your influences change. If Lacunacore made the same song and the same album all the time, we'd all be sort of thinking, well, you know, it's getting a bit sort of monotonous and it's not every album is different to another and it's just another evolution of the sound. And I think, you know, if you talk to any member of the band, whether it's Marco, the bass player, the two guitar players, they like loud distorted guitars and that's exactly what you get on Karma Code. And that bass, it, it chugs, it's loud and it just creates an energy and a rhythm and it's great. And there's nothing that you can say about this song when it's, when it's, when it's played like other than, it's amazing. Simple as that. It gets the crowd going, bang, everyone's jumping, everyone's singing along. And musically, it's just a really, really heavy, great song. I think in terms of the the vocal melodies, I think are a lot stronger than the lyrics, which, again, we've touched upon before. I think it's more, it's not to say the lyrics are, are bad, they're not. I think it's just another song where the, the melody is more focused in terms of, like you mentioned on previous reviews, the vocals are more they're adding to the song in terms of the, the lyrical aspects, i.e. treating the vocals as an instrument rather than focusing on the words. And I think that's why the trying to think of the word, the, the melody is a lot stronger for me than the actual lyrics in the song. And I think as a package it, it just works. There's there's definitely influences in there, as Mike mentioned, sort of Asian, Arabic, Eastern. And it's just a, another different texture in the sound. So great songs. Yeah, I mean we talked about this before and I know I've I felt and expressed that Karma Code 
is is a different kind of songwriting process to the previous albums. Mm. I, I even go so far to say, when you look at the gap between Karma Code and and Coma Lies, I don't get. I never got a sense that Coma Lies was written as a an album that was going to be played live, you know. But when there's so much touring took place, they spent so much more time on the road playing those songs from Coma Lies that when it actually came to recording Karma Code, there was a change. There was a, a dynamic change. And I'm not saying this because they've told, they've told me this is just my kind of assumption. And it's it's led to the creation of songs that they enjoy playing live that create a different kind of energy, a live big sound. They always talked about the big sound that came with Karma Code. And I think that's what we're hearing. Songs that actually sound good on the album but they sound great in a live arena and i can't think of a song on karma code that doesn't have that feel you know i mean we're going to come on to closer in a couple of weeks time which is a wholly different game but when you hear that live and the kind of energy that that you get oh it's great so i completely agree with you. i think we're probably going to talk about this a little bit longer when we come on to the um our overall review of karma code as an album and sonically I think it's the best sounding song on a record the mix you can't argue with this song it's great I mentioned last week in my review of Devoted that I felt that Christina's voice was too low in the mix and it was interesting in what they've done with Christina's voice this time in what I see is that that they've created a harmony they've harmonised the voice and it's quite clearly two Christina's talk uh, I should say two Christina's singing and that actually works really well. It's high enough in the in the sound for you to hear it clearly. I think there was a danger, given how strong the bass is in this song, that it could have really been lost in a in a chugging, heavy bass and, and basically been a bit muddy. But they, they get it right. It works really, really well here. And I love that aspect of the song. So in terms of numbers then, what are we going to give this? Uh, myself, I'm thinking this is a solid song. I would say that taken together, I'm going to give this song, or these songs, I should say, an 8 out of 10. I think maybe an 8.5, but I'm going to go with 8 at the moment. What do you think, Gillian? I would give them a 9. 9 out of 10, because it's not my absolute favourite song, but it comes very close. So I would go with a 9. Okay. How about you, Mike? 8.5 8.5 it's good but um i think live it would definitely be a 10 on the uh, on the album 8.5 fair enough how about you russ yeah mike's read my mind there in terms of a score for the for the album track it's a 8.5 out of 10 and uh, you know to quote spinal tap live this is an 11 out of 10 <laughs> you really like this song live aren't you <laughs> i do i do <laughs> Needs to be played more. Needs to be played more. You took the words right out of my mouth, mate. Yeah, they absolutely do need to play this song live more. I mean, it got a run during the Karma Code tour, didn't it? Or the, the, yeah. around that period. But other than, of course, Grass Pop last year, where they play, played the whole album, luckily for those people that were there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at you, Gillian. Um, <laughs> we've not heard this one for a while, have we? No, quite a few years now, I think. So there we go. Bring it back, please, because we really like this song. And I, I actually think that when you look at Karma Code, it's got a lot of strong live songs on it. 
and I think this one suffers as a consequence. He gets forgotten about a little bit. You know, when you're up up there against fragile and our truth and fragments to the edge and fragments of faith. You know, this this is a one that's fifth or sixth, and it really deserves to be up there as well. So. well there we go. You create what I see. Really good track and. By my very simple arithmetic, I'm saying it comes out an average of 8.5 out of 10, which is a pretty good number. I'll tell you one thing, guys. Karma Co's racking up the big scores at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, heavyweight. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be slowing down anytime soon either. So No. Interesting to see how it, what numbers we get right at the end and where, how it compares to the likes of Comalize, which you know, everybody compares to Comalize. So it'd be quite interesting, that one. Well, I think that brings us to an end this week on the Empty Spiral podcast. If you want to get in contact with us, and you probably know all this by now, but you know, no one can stop me talking when I get started, you can contact us through the Empty Spiral podcast website, which is www.emptyspiral.net. You can also contact us via our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash emptyspiral.net. We're also on Tumblr, which is emptyspiralnet.tumblr.com. And of course, we're at Empty Spiral Net on Twitter, so no excuses. If you want to join us on the podcast, you can certainly do so. Just put something on our page, send us an email, make contact, send carrier pigeons, whatever it is you want to do. Uh, and we certainly look forward to uh, entertaining you on the podcast, hopefully. As I said at the beginning, we've got three parts of our interview with Andrea, which we'll be po posting over the next couple of weeks, uh, next three weeks, in fact. Uh, and I hope you enjoy those. But until then, enjoy yourselves, everybody. Uh, take heart, and we will speak to you all soon. Thank you. Cheers. Ciao. Bye. Ciao. Ciao. <laughs> Ciao.